Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is right over there. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show, and we have a special guest on the DriveHubler.com hotline. Lael Hill is with us and the Indiana Coalition for Crime Victims' Rights. Lael, of course, the biggest story here in Indy, one of the biggest stories across the country when it comes to crime is the arrest and the Delphi killings. Uh, Nigel covered this yesterday. I was off, but I was still following this very closely at home. Before we get into uh, the Coalition for Crime Victims' Rights, were you okay with the little amount of information that came out of that press conference? Hi, yeah. Thanks um, Thanks for having me on this show. My thoughts go out to not just Delphi, but all victims of this crime. Um, and to answer your question, as a victim advocate, I am 100% okay with the minimal information. Um, it, this is because this is incredibly important for the process. I always tell people that defense attorneys um, who would likely listen to the press conference are very good at what they do. And so the, the process and information has to be protected so that the number one thing, the number one goal is not just to secure a conviction through the criminal justice process, but also if and when the defendant appeals the conviction, the appellate court and the Supreme Court rule in favor of the state. So sometimes when people, when law enforcement, they can make mistakes and give out information that could hurt the process and the trial. And so when I see a press conference that is releasing limited information, I think that's good. I want to use the Scott Peterson case, for example, on this. When Fresno law enforcement officers did a press conference, they actually gave Scott Peterson's alibi before Lacey Peterson's body was found. And so Scott Peterson's attorneys now are saying, hey, listen, the real killers just told the public where I was at. And so they dumped her body, allegedly dumped her body uh, where I was at. And so because of that press conference, Scott Peterson won his appeal. And could have his conviction overturned. So law enforcement really has to get it right, not just the first time, but they have to get it right so the defendant and the accused um, will not win an appeal as well. That's real justice. So I do want to say, I, I based on the, some of the victim's statements, I feel like they're being very informed through the process, the, the families that were directly impacted, and that's very important. So as long as they're getting all the information they need, it's really important that the general public be patient and wait. The truth will come out, but the most important thing is making sure that um, the person and people responsible for this are locked up for good, because there could be other uh, defendants in right. this crime as well. Lael Hill with the Indiana Coalition for Crime Victims Rights here on the Hammer Nigel Show. Tell uh, tell people that are listening right now a little bit about your background and exactly what the uh, Indiana Coalition for Crime Victims Rights is. Sure. Yeah. Thanks again so much for having Absolutely. us. Absolutely. Crime is happening every day in our community, and it impacts victims 
in their families for the rest of their life. I uh, was a victim advocate for a national organization. I've been trained in uh, victim advocacy, victim uh, notification, uh, court accompaniment, going to court with victims. And also, I was one of the few advocates in the country trained to review autopsy photos with uh, parents of murdered children. Mm. If that's something that they wanted to do, uh, we were able to take care of that and and um, uh, basically try to give control back to the victims when things are out of control. They're not in control of the criminal justice process. So very important that they have a victim advocate that can essentially stick up for their rights. So I, I worked for um, a, a, a national organization, started out working with victims of drunk driving and drug driving and traffic crimes. And what I found was that while Indiana adopted victims' rights, not only within statute, but within the Indiana uh, Constitution, they didn't really set up a way to enforce victims' rights. So um, sometimes victims' rights are violated. It's because of limited resources within the prosecutor's office. Sometimes they don't have a victim advocate. And so it's really important that our organization steps in and says, well, wait a minute. You know, these victims have a right to confer with the prosecutor, and um, and we do that. And the Indiana Coalition for Crime Victims' Rights is the first statewide nonprofit organization to go into underserved communities that do not utilize a victim advocate, like Carroll County, and say, we, we are here for victims. We will help them um, in an unbiased way, right? We don't work for the state. Victims are our first priority, and we will connect them with resources. We will be a liaison between them and law enforcement. We will go to them. We will go to court with them, and then we will notify them of what their rights are. Um, and then lastly, we'll help them apply for crime victim compensation, because a lot of people don't know that as well, that they can apply for funds to help with funeral costs and therapy. So, Lael, take us through, like, what would happen? Let's say somebody is listening right now that has lost a loved one to crime. It was just a couple of weeks ago we had the father of one of the FedEx victims in studio with us. Mm-hmm. Of course, now these Delphi families are going through this process as well. Uh, so, when something horrific like this happens, take us through briefly the process. What do you guys do, and how do they get the ball rolling? Sure. Yeah. So there's a couple things. Once the crime happens, um, and, and depending on the crime, certain crimes are harder to prosecute, especially with sexual assault, for example, homicide, things like that. What we do is before an arrest is we really just want to do that crisis intervention piece. We want to make sure that uh, the victims uh, are connected to emergency uh, trauma therapists as soon as possible. In Indianapolis, we have Legacy House that can offer that trauma-informed uh, therapy to victims um, from through a criminal justice lens. We want to make sure that they have food and shelter, that their rent and basic needs are going to be provided while they go through this trauma. We also want to make sure that they have a protective order in place if that's needed to protect them from anyone that has not been arrested yet. We want to assess for safety. And then we want to go into educating them about the criminal justice process. So before an arrest, we we oftentimes explain to victims that investigations can take a long time. Um, I used to, for traffic crimes in Indiana, I used to say about up to three years. So yeah, it, it can take a long time to collect all the evidence needed to secure a conviction. Because think about 
all a defense attorney has to do is create one little inkling of doubt to a jury. So they want to make sure, law enforcement wants to make sure that every I is dotted and every T is crossed before they present that to the prosecutor. And that can take some time. And so from a non from an unbiased community agency perspective, we are not, we don't work for the state. We don't work for the prosecutors. We're able to confirm with victims that this is common to take a long time. I can imagine what um, it's like for you as an advocate to maybe have to sit down with um you know, parents of a, a murdered child, it just, it's fresh and it just happened. And, and, and what kind of things do you, do you say to them and, and what kind of counsel do you give them? It's got to be a highly just volatile and emotional time with something like that. You mentioned that you're trained in sitting down and actually looking at uh, autopsy photos with the parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I really, that is an excellent question, and I'm so glad you asked that because it's the number one question that I get. I kind of go, you know, I I felt as a mom myself, if we can assume the worst thing, our worst nightmare is the the loss of a child, then we can assume the number one one worst thing to go through is not just the loss of a child, but the loss of a child from a violent crime and then having to go through the criminal justice system. I've I've been passionate about this. John Walsh is my hero. When I was a little kid, John Walsh was a hero. Um, I just thought he was amazing, and he took his um, victimization and his tragedy and turned it into strength to help others, and I've always been inspired by that. And as a mom um, and a social worker, really, I've seen a need for it. And as a mom, I thought it was an essential service to provide for victims. What I do at first is it's so important to always avoid saying you understand because you do not understand what these victims are going through. You can't possibly understand what it's like or how you would react until you become a parent of a murdered children. So the first thing that I do that this is very important is I connect them to peer support. I connect them to other parents of murdered children. There's a national organization out there uh, called Parents of Murdered Children. That's actually the name of the organization. Um, Victims can find information on that at parentsandmurderchildren.org. And they are all uh, survivors and families impacted by homicide. They have a national conference every year. So what I tell victims is that I cannot understand this pain, but I'm going to connect you uh, to Sherry Nolan over in Ohio who lost her daughter to homicide. That's amazing. It's amazing they can have that level of comfort and you can provide that to them. Uh, Lael, one more time here. If somebody wants more information on the Indiana Coalition for Crime Victims' Rights, where can they go? Absolutely. Well, we're on Facebook. We have a lot of educational videos on Facebook about victims' rights. Um, so you can go visit us on Facebook. Just type in the search bar, Indiana Victim, Indiana Coalition for Victims' Rights. And we're on online at indianavictimsrights.org. You can reach out to us, and we'll connect anyone in need um, to that peer support, crisis response services, and uh, criminal court advocacy. Lael Hill with the Indiana Coalition for Victims' Rights. Lael, thank you so much for joining us we appreciate your time okay thank you guys so much you guys have a good day it's the hammer and nigel show